we're going to go Dallas, Doc. I disagree with you. We questioned how much the offense didn't do nothing against the Giants. You know, they didn't have to. I get it. They're playing Zach Wilson, but that doesn't control Dak Prescott in the offense. Because the defense for the Jets, we they're phenomenal. Look what they did against the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen. Jo- Dak Prescott went 31 or 38 for 255 yards and two <clears throat> touchdowns. I don't know if many other quarterbacks can say that they're going to have seven incompletions at a high passing rate and two touchdowns with no turnovers against the New York Jets. I get it. The defense balled out. We know what they're going to do. They've given up 10 points against both New York teams the first two weeks. Get it. They're not the best team at the moment. Neither of them are. But guess what? They're NFL teams, and they've been giving up an average of five points per game through two games, and their offense is balling after this New York Jets game. And Pollard didn't have a great game. And Dak Prescott showed he can do it without having a 100-yard rusher. So I'm going to go Dallas. I think at the moment they are the best NFL team. With Mark Davis, Chris Kamihart, Luke Rule, and Nick the Doc Skirkowitz. Welcome to All About the Balls podcast. I'm Mark Davis in the sack house with Chris Kamihart, Luke Rule, and Nick the Doc Skirkowitz. And we are just getting done with week two of the NFL season. Literally about 10 minutes ago, the Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers wrapped up this beautiful week of football. But Chris, that's where I'll start with you. Shout out. Ugly win from the New Orleans Saints. They did pull it off by three. Pretty ugly game, like I said. But, hey, how are you feeling coming off that? 2-0 start. Congrats, my friend. Yeah, defense played fucking solid again tonight. I mean, besides for the trash touchdown we let them give, we haven't given a touchdown up this past two games. So, I mean, defense playing lights out. Offense, a red zone struggles right there. And it hurts that Williams went down with a hamstring injury. So, I mean, it's Tony Jones Jr.'s game next week. So, but a touchdown is a touchdown, like like we gave Doc shit for saying that you can't count Navy uh, as a ranked team. It's still a still a touchdown. Oh, true, so true. That is true. Having a that touchdown. is true. Sorry. Luke, welcome to the 2-0 club, too. You joined Chris, your Baltimore yeah. Ravens, manhandled Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. How are you feeling coming out of that nice division win? Yeah, I feel good. I mean, the, the Ravens seem to have the, the Bengals uh, number at this point. I mean, Lamar Jackson's 3-1 against Joe Burrow. So I, I love to see it. I love to see Joe Burrow lose, so. You get a Ravens win and Joe Burrow loss in the same game. It's it's a wonderful day. And, Doc, you're in a club of its own, dude. You're in the 0-2 club. How are you feeling coming off that loss to Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Yeah, there's there's definitely some uh, dark thoughts roaming there. Um, you know, but uh, it is what it is. We knew it was going to be a tough year for us. Basically in a rebuild. You said it was going to be a 9 or 10 win season. Yeah, we were hoping that. Obviously, you know, uh, the training wheels are still on Justin Fields by the coaching staff. Um, you know, three-fifths of the offensive line was out for the game, so, you know, it's always fun. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens in the coming weeks. I do yeah, have to boys. shout out getting DJ Moore involved, my team, my dynasty team, and we like that. We like that. Yeah, yeah. We, we do like Do you like that? I like that. Okay, good. Hey, Chris and Luke, I'm glad to be joining the club at 2-0 because for the first time since 2017, the Atlanta Falcons are 2-0. I can't fucking say anything different, dude. We're having a good year. We came back against the Packers. We were down 12 points going in the fourth quarter. We outscored them 13-0. Fun fact for you guys out there that like some you know little statistics, the Atlanta Falcons about scored their opponents 27-0 in the fourth quarter. That's a pretty good stat to have for any That's NFL decent. team, to be honest. Yeah, it's good. I will say it's definitely good right now play the Detroit Lions so we'll, we'll break that down uh tomorrow's episode but boys big news literally just happened the last game of the year Nick Chubb looks like he is done for the year his knee looked like a fucking banana peel mm. um let's just let's just hammer it real quick should the Cleveland Browns go after Jonathan Taylor I I don't know if they should go after Jonathan Taylor I mean that's a lot to how much they want to give up for him how much they want to give up because I mean they don't they don't know Nick Chubb's what he's thinking if he wants to come back next season. If not, I mean, it does look like a fucking terrible injury. But we were talking right before we started this podcast. I mean, there's still some decent names out there that you don't have to give up anything for. You have Fournette. You have Hunt out there. I mean, those are two decent running backs that can fill in behind Ford. And Ford didn't look bad. I mean, I know, Mark, you said he only had 170-yard run. But, I mean, he had a couple good 10, 10, 9, 8-yard runs that – got Cleveland moving 
Yeah, Kareem Hunt would be the, the easy move for the Browns to grab. He's been on the team. He knows offense already. He's uh, His only issue is, like, he's had offers, and he's all he's turned them all down so far. So I don't know if he's what he's waiting on. Maybe he is waiting on coming back to the Browns. Somebody he feels comfortable, but we'll see. Like, well, Chris, so that Jerome Ford run, you said he had, he had that 70, right? Sorry, Doc. He, he only had 106 yards total, so that means, you know, with the rest of the carries he had, he only had 30 yards or so. So, I mean – I don't know. I feel like an all pro is it's it's only gonna be a one year rental. JT's only on the on the contract for one year, so I don't know. I think it's worth it more than Hunt. Hunt, we don't know what kind of shape he's in. It's, I don't know what shape JT's in, but JT at least did off season. Yeah, I mean, say it, all, all, it all boils down to what Cleveland wants to give up. Do they want to give up capital, or do they just want to pay somebody off the street? Well, and the big thing with it, you know, I mean, the the Browns already gave up so much getting Deshaun Watson over from Houston. So, I mean, how much more do they have to give? Um, you know, you want to you want to put your team in a position to be able to improve and not just sell everything that you have um, to get, you know, to, to fill one position. And honestly, I don't think Jonathan Taylor is the answer for him. I think with what we've discussed as far as uh, the value of the running back position and, and what they can bring in, you know, you said it's going to be a one year deal. Um, because I think, you know, you got to see what, what Chubb's injury is first. You know what I mean? Like, yes, it's, it's more than likely going to be a season and injury, but, uh, likelihood of coming back from this, this could be a career ender for him or one that at least slows him down enough that that doesn't make him a primary back anymore. But, you know, if he's able to come back strong next year and he's got the fire and he wants to come back and play on this team, then, you know, no, you're not going to sell. Uh, the house to to bring a guy for one year rental. Um, I don't think Cleveland feels like they're truly in a position to compete for for a Super Bowl. Um, I think that the potential is definitely there, but Deshaun Watson. Obviously, we're still seeing some pretty pretty serious struggles as far as uh, you know the team's quarterback of the future. So um, see see what the true scope of this injury is, and then you know. Um, what what a running back there. what a running yeah, yeah what a running back brings to the game dude I think that there's there's a lot of options like we've already named a couple um, that can come in and put in the same output you know we we've seen this before in in Kansas City um, we've seen it when Le'Veon Bell sat out and well, we've seen it in a number well, of places Kansas, but Kansas City actually has a QB and I know like Deshaun Watson's not the same Deshaun Watson he was you know four years ago no. me and Chris are me and Chris are thankful that. He is not on the Saints like he was almost to be, and the Atlanta Falcons were literally mm-hmm. seconds away from getting him, and then he changed his mind and wanted to get fully guaranteed. And Arthur Boink said, sorry, sir, we ain't doing that. And the Cleveland Browns were the only dumbass team to do it, and now look what happened. No, yeah, they're, I'm they're not stuck. talking – I'm not talking um, – Yeah, I know, but they, they need to I mean? run the, back. The, 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 the state of the, of the team as far as the quarterback in there, I'm just talking strictly – you know, a lot of a lot of running back schemes now are, are plug and play. Uh, you can put anybody in there. He's going to get. You know, if you got the offensive line to make Nick Chubb successful, um, you know, Nick Chubb is in an elite group and a type of running backs that you know can can succeed anywhere. I would even throw Bijan Robinson in that already with the with the moves that he's making, um, CMC, um, Austin Eckler, things like that. But you know, it, I think you got to try before you before you sell the house for Jonathan Taylor because if he's available in week three, he's going to be available in week ten uh, before the trade deadline. But I think you've got to try to bring somebody in, especially uh, even with the you know the one big run that Ford had. Um, you know that right now the potential is there that what you got could could still work for this team. Yeah, Doc, you mentioned Bijan real quick. I know you saw that video last night. How pressed was that uh, ankle breaking juke he had? Uh, nice to see somebody in the open field making moves. I mean, um, th- there's a lot of raw talent there with Bijan. Very excited to see him play throughout the rest of the year, um, what he can bring to that Atlanta offense. But, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. And before we move on from Nick Chubb, boys, I, I think my season's done in the redraft league. Uh, I had Nick Chubb, and I looked at everyone's roster. People that would I would think would need receivers, like, you know, all the good teams, you know, maybe they need a receiver and they can flip a running back. All the fucking top teams up in the top don't need a fucking receiver. Something like three or four deep with three running backs. So there's no way I'm getting a trade off in this this league. I just only I, hope the guy that has the first waiver because I'm second does not get Jerome Ford. I'm hoping he forgets I, to do a waiver. Yeah, I mean, it, it's I think, definitely tough where you're at. But, uh, you know, you know, it's, it's tough to have that realization your season's over. Mark, I'm going to be honest. I don't think your season ever really started, dude. <laughs> 
I, I was the third highest scorer week one. So, I mean, I, I thought I had a shot. <laughs> I just played the number two guy. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think fantasy is slowly changing from where it's a running back first league to like people are drafting wide receivers over running backs now. Yeah. Yeah, Luke did that. He had Justin yeah. Jefferson, and he, he balled out. He's been balling out yeah. the first two games. I mean, we didn't know that was going to happen, but the first two games. You know, we understand you fantasy owners out there. Hey, boys, looks like I'm paying the shipping fee for that belt this year. <laughs> or I might just pull Kyle hey. Gregor and say, if, if you want this fucking belt, come get it from me because I ain't giving it up. But no. You might be paying the shipment fee and the new name tag. So I put up a goose egg and set my defense and still won by almost 40. Hey, good job, Doc. We're to bounce back. You took the L in Dynasty, though. Um, so sorry about that one. But boys, we were you talking about shout out. Yeah. Two and in both leagues. Shout out yeah, two and in both leagues. Shout out to you. You're the only one in the four of us that because Luke took Luke beat me this week in redraft, but I wiped the floor with them in Dynasty. So it hey, was a good split. Hey, play, playing the long game in Dynasty over here. I got a bunch of young guys that a lot of them aren't seeing the field a whole lot yet. But oh, it's been a couple of years. Speaking of the long years. game, shout out to Daddy Aaron. He is playing the long game, and we see you, kid, out there. We oh. see you out there working, making moves. Yeah. About four years you're going to be running this league, my friend. Don't you worry about it. Loading up the draft every... stock right there. He, he, he is. He's, he's the getting... draft picks. <laughs> There's been a lot of trades. It wasn't just him. You know, fucking Morningwood out here. Fucking... I gave him a second rounder. He's Morningwood had that A.J. Brown trade today, too. So, you know, your boy Noah, he, he had a big trade. Like I said, Huge stuff, but let's move on from fantasy. We'll we'll talk fantasy a little later uh, on the Wednesday episode with co- Wednesday episode with college. But boys, we two weeks in, we have some two and zero teams and some zero and two teams. So you know, me and Chris were on the same, or no, I'm sorry, me and Luke were on the same wavelength when we we're talking about, hey, let's do a topic of two and zero and zero and two teams. So we obviously every year there's some shocking teams that start the season. You know, a couple wins that they shouldn't have, or a couple teams that lose that you think would maybe win a game. So let's start off. Let's just throw out some names out there, discuss the state they're in, too. Like, what teams do you guys think are shocking 2-0 teams? Teams that are out there that you would never expect to go 2-0 start the season coming in to what we thought. They're going to be maybe a little yeah. off or a little bad. Easy one right off the bat is going to be the Washington Commanders. Like, I mean, they they didn't play anybody, like, too good. But still, like, for the Commanders to come out here, Sam Howell, first-time starting quarterback, and just, like, Hey, he played a tough game against the Broncos. Then he fucking uh, played the Cardinals tough. And the Cardinals, they're proving not to be a slouch of a team this year, too. So uh, I love, love to see the commanders the out end, there. Yeah. yeah, they found fun. I mean, just the same thing with the Broncos. They're just finding ways to lose at the end of games. So, yeah, uh, I agree, though. The commanders, the that's yeah. – Commanders, like – I mean, I expect them to win one game, but going into Denver, you know, I thought we thought Sean Payton and the Broncos would be a little better. Luke, I agree with you. Like, they just find ways to lose the game completely i think just choked that game away i actually took the commanders in that game um one that i didn't take was uh week two i took the packers over the falcons so my pick um on surprising 2-0 teams i am going to go the nfc south um the competition level has been uh, not quite as high as some other 2-0 teams but um seeing the falcons come out battle against the packers earlier in the season i would have taken uh, the falcons over the packers and then uh you know obviously that week one game against the bears uh kind of showed some life for the packers so, and kind of what some what some potential was so you're saying the competition's not there for atlanta like the teams we played I, i'm talking the nfc south just in general Oh, my my pick NFC is the South NFC South. South. Yeah, I'm, oh, and okay. honestly, no. When you're looking, when you're when you're coming in, and we talked, you know, in earlier episodes about the uh, level of competition in the NFC South and uh, the strength, the schedule, and everything else. So to see to see three teams NFC South go two and all, I'm not going to lie. That's well, a, that, that shocked me. Well, get well. I will say the. I'm Bucks not saying and the shit. Hit. I'm not saying no shit, well, but it well, is surprising to see let's, three let's two and zero. The Bucks and Falcons beat two NFC North teams, so I guess your division shit, not ours. Yeah, no, our division is definitely shit. No, an article okay. came out about that today. Yeah, the just, NFC North is fucking is slipping, dude. Wanna, yeah, just want to throw that out there. If you're 100%. if your dog shit, shit in our division being surprising, but and you're saying our competition sucks, well, two of our six wins have come against I, your division. I think he complimented yeah. your division. No, no, no. Uh, he said, you know, he said he surprised. <laughs> a no, a he's saying that the, the level of competition we have played is bad, so therefore he's still a little shocked though that we're two and zero. Man, but I'm shocked at the entire division. Besides, Panthers are two and L. Well, since Doc, since Doc took the Panthers, you know, because I or the the Bucks, I he took the whole division. I, I mean, I will back, I will piggyback that. I I think the Bucks are my two and O team. I I just I told y'all I think I had them at three or four wins coming in third or fourth place in this division, and you know I get it. 
the Bears looked lost, but I thought Minnesota was definitely a, a game they were going to lose. Their defense, I, I will be wrong. I, I'll admit I'm wrong right now. The defense looks good, and I will give Baker Mayfield his flowers. He has looked solid Baker's two games. fucking I, good. Yes. I, I, will give him his, I have – and when when we do overreaction Lord. with Chris, I know his topic. I have a topic – I have something that could piggyback off his, but – so spoiler for that. Look forward to the Baker Mayfield talk later on. But I, I think Baker's looked good, and, and – you know, he's getting Mike Evans and Chris Godwin involved. Yeah, the defense looks solid, boys. I, I'm not saying, like, look out for them. They're going to win the Super Bowl, but they're no pushover at the moment. Yeah. All right. I've been saying it all offseason. Hey, nine-plus wins for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, better yeah, without wins are, Yeah, I've been saying it the whole offseason. And you guys, you guys didn't want to believe it. Now look now at it. Check them. the receipts, so dude. It's on there. Yeah. He fucking rung yeah. it up, dude. Check the receipts. I've been saying it for weeks. No, we'll give it. I, I give it to you, Luke. I, I'm I have been wrong through two games. They've already got two thirds or, or half of the wins I gave them to start this to, before the season started. And you know we're gonna see what they do coming up this week against the uh, Philadelphia the Eagles, Eagles on Monday Night Football. So yeah. big game, you know, prime time. It's gonna be one of those those two Monday Night games next week. So all eyes will be on Baker Mayfield and his prime time start this year. So hey. If you would ask me before this season, they should have been on Monday Night Football. If you ask me now, okay, I'll give it to them. They should be on Monday Night Football against the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, I mean, these are all solid ones. I'd I'd have to go with either either uh, the Commanders, but like the Commanders, if you looked at their schedule, they had they had two easy two easy teams. I mean, the defense is literally fucking putting it on their back over there. And Sam Howe's balling out, two hundred ninety nine yards, coming back from twenty one to three deficit. I mean, he's balling. And then they had, what, nine sacks in the last two games, six on Russell Wilson on just Sunday. is insane. that This might be one of the deadliest D-lines in the league right now. And then with Tampa, I mean, no one thought Baker was going to do what he's doing now, being able to extend balls and then throwing deep ball connections. I mean, I mean, him and Mike Evans' connection, hey, shout out to him. My dynasty team's fucking loving it. I had to throw him into a flex spot today. But, I mean, the defense is stepping up for Tampa too. I mean, they had – sacking Kirk Cousins twice this past weekend and then Justin Fields six times. I mean, I'm excited to see what Baker's actually going to be able to do against two solid uh, defenses coming up. They have the Eagles, and then they have the Saints in week four. So, I mean, he's about to get tested in the secondary. And the Vikings defense has been decent this year too. So, like, I understand, like, they have a lot of points against the Eagles, but their their defense is put in a lot of bad positions because the Vikings had four turnovers against the Eagles. So, but against the Bucks, you know, they only get 20 against Baker. And really, they played a lot better against the, the Eagles. They had four sacks, whatever, on Jalen Hurts. So to, for Baker to survive that, especially a big fourth quarter, I, I said he had a good fourth quarter. We're going to see what he can do now. Like you said, against some good defenses. Max is out for the Eagles, though. Um, so we'll see if he can take apart, take advantage of that. But, yeah, all eyes are on Baker Mayfield, dude. And we talk, yeah, we I mean, they're, about having, they're having the same issues, though, oh, with the Saints. I mean, red zone. Breaking news. Right now. Nick Chubb has officially been ruled out for the season by the coach, so he's done. So there's no, oh, no more anticipation for that. He's done. All right, Doc, sorry about that. No, you're good. Um, we we talked about a quarterback battle, uh, you know, at the start of the season, you know, between Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask, and now it, it looks like Baker Mayfield is out here playing like he's been on this team for years, and this is his team, and nothing's and getting Tampa in his way. Build around. Tampa yeah. can build around him now in the draft. They, he might they have finally found on. his home. Yeah, you you worry about getting draft picks. He's on that prove a deal this year, and you know, like Luke said, he expected a big year. And if it continues, Baker and the he might be the franchise. He's still a young quarterback. He came in what twenty eighteen or twenty eighteen or so. I think same, same yeah. years. And then he'll he'll get paid. He'll get paid, and he'll come out swinging just like Joe Burrow and and Lamar this year. You know, or like fucking Geno. So. Hey, Gino had a big, big uh, second half against the Lions. So I mean, he, yeah, but yeah, uh, Gino started off. He started off sluggish, but he turned it around. The defense. Listen, also I'm talking helped. to America Everybody here. Out slow the okay, first, that, not slow the first game of the week or first game of the year. That was the best thing I've seen from the NFL season. Is that ref saying I'm talking to America here? Like, <laughs> Get the uh, fuck so, out of here! Yeah, also, I shout mean, out to the refs for not calling anything last uh, this week. Yeah, Doc had a mm. gripe about that. The refs just were dog shit. There was dog shit. Like we said the last play on Joey Porter Jr. I mean that that was fucking pi. I don't I don't know more you can say. That was bad. Let the boys. Yeah, play. I mean, no, that wasn't playing. <laughs> I mean that missed pi right there. I mean you can you can argue the fact if maybe the ball was even catchable or not. You had the Sean Payton effect over in Denver with that two point conversion, which was 
which was pretty rough. And then when I pointed out to you, Mark, about that um, Aiden Hutchinson, that hold to get Gino out of the pocket to get that touchdown to Tyler Lockett in overtime was just – and the refs are so quick to call those holds right there in the middle of the field. That buck, that backfield umpire yeah, always throws like, that fucking flag. It, it, it wasn't like he mind. was at the – it wasn't like they're at the line of scrimmage, neither. They were right in front of the quarterback. That's yeah. the bad part. It it's wild how it's wild how in a scrum of twelve people going at it with a quarterback making a thirteenth and they can pull a hold out of their ass and see through the piles of everybody and, and see, oh, this guy held, we gotta pull him back ten yards. But then you got wide open uh hesitation calls on on PIs offensively or defensively. And and the one that, you know, you mentioned I had to grab about uh Mike Evans clearly pushing the corner off of him. Um, as the ball was coming, I mean, clear as day, and and even the announcers on the game weren't even weren't even saying shit. I don't even know how you how you don't make that call, but um, yeah, a lot of missed calls. I mean, it you're gonna miss calls, you know what I mean? That's not the problem, but the consistency is a problem. And there's been such a lack of consistency already this year, and it's clear why, you know, because they they briefly came out and you know you can challenge PI and then you can't anymore, and it's like yeah, I think that it was just exposing how bad the refs were um by having the pi challenge so yeah they they wanted to get rid of that i mean we understand that refs have been bad for a long time and it's just if you're gonna be bad be consistently bad be bad the whole game don't be good for three quarters of the game in the fourth quarter you swallow your whistle or it's the other way like you've been you're you were actually back on the 20 never picked it up (laughs) yeah and the key fucking plays like they like we just named three that's the thing. Big yeah. plays. That's the thing is we're not talking. The game. Yeah, we're, they'll call a pi or, or illegal contact uh, beyond the five yards. You know, on, on a we I saw pis getting called on plays that you know the the receiver is that they called it on is ten yards up the field from where the pass is at on on a on a check down that went for six Ooh. yards. They call that shit, but then you got a you got a 60, 70 yard game changer, and the refs are like, yeah, that's no, clean, man. The worst that's pi call I shit. hate. The worst PI call, I mean, if you panic on this, I understand. But if the ball is, like, very bad underthrown and because the quarterback got hit or whatever and the, the corner hasn't turned around yet and the receiver stops in the middle of nowhere and he runs him over, like, what do you expect him to fucking do? Like, he, he didn't know, like, the ball oh, incidental, Yeah, incidental's not a PI. But, yeah, we understand. But let, let's continue the topic. The 0-2 teams, boys. You know, there are some very questionable 0-2 teams. And Chris – you start us off here. I think I know where you're going with this one. Yeah, I mean, I I gotta go with gotta go with the Bengals here. I mean, starting 0 2, but I don't think we don't think we should step on the gas pedal just yet. I mean, they started 0 2 last year, and we saw where they went. The only difference here is they're they're very behind. They had two division losses here already to start the year. That's big on them. The defense doesn't look good. Lamar was fucking dicing them up, throwing. The run defense doesn't look good. The play calling is fucking terrible. I get I get doing your checkdowns. Burrow didn't have a great game week one. I get I get playing small checkdowns, get Burrow some confidence back up, but like doing it consistently the whole game. And then the big fucking question is like Mixon was having a game. Just keep with them. Let him go. But I mean, I think the big thing is Joe is still not healthy. I think you guys might be uh, – you guys. I think the Bengals might be in trouble. I honestly do. Um, this offense does not look in sync at all. Teagans had a decent game, but Jamar Chase does not look like Jamar Chase. I, I don't know what he's doing out there. I don't know what Joe Burrow's doing out there. The defense is the defense. I mean, they haven't played horrible. Like, I don't think the other reason why they've lost these two games, it's clearly been on the offense. Zach Taylor, he might be the coach who I always thought he was, just an average guy. Just loaded with good receivers or with good offensive weapons, but these offensive weapons don't look good, and and it falls on your quarterback. Uh, if he's not healthy, maybe he should sit down. Like he should just stop playing for a couple weeks until he's healthy. Well, I mean, There's, I don't think he's playing. What week? Uh, they play what Monday night or Sunday night? He's already. I haven't heard that rumor at all. But he plays Monday night against the Rams. That's the other Monday night. Yeah, game. he's already he's already questionable. Yeah, I mean the offense is going to step it up because especially against the Rams, we know that they can score. So. They, they start 0-3, Chris. I, I I don't know. You might have to put a fork in their season. They, they do have a nice little two-game or two game, uh, after that against the Bengals and the, or the Cardinals and the Titans. But after that, it picks back up. You know, and then you have Seattle, uh, San Francisco, and Buffalo. So they might want to get And you can't sleep on the Titans either. No, you can't sleep on the Titans at all. 
Yeah, it's going to be, speaking of the Titans, it's going to bring out my surprising 0-2. Um, I'm going with the with the Los Angeles Chargers coming out in a shootout against Miami. Um, I thought that was, a, that was a very exciting game to watch, and it's hard to say, you know, defense should have been better, um, you know, against an offense like, like uh, Tua and, and Tyreek with Jalen Waddell. You know, they got a real good offense up there in Miami. But um, coming out in week two against Tennessee, that game shouldn't have even been close, in my opinion. Um, Herbert, 27 to 41. I mean, 300 yards passing is great, two touchdowns. But the running game just really never got off the ground. I mean, they had 21 total carries for 61 yards. I mean, you know, it's hard to open up the defense and, and make magic happen when, when you got the other side of the balls running 34 for 141. I mean, it didn't really seem like the effort was there. Defense was kind of, kind of, eh, you know, kind of flat coming off of it. Um, that was definitely a game Chargers should have won without question. Bounce back off of the Miami game. Uh, Miami definitely, they had the potential to win that. We knew that that was going to come down to the offensive showcase. Um, and they were in there right until the end. But to come out against Tennessee and, and kind of just shit the bed was real surprising for me. Yeah, yeah Herbert. Chargers are going to be, they're, they're my surprise. I own two teams as well. Uh, I, was, I was fucking betting money on Pick the Pick your own team, Luke. Too. What's that? no yeah there, there's there's not a whole lot there. i mean yeah I mean, you say arizona I mean, or carolina is surprising Her, herbert yeah. herbert though missed a chance though to be clutch once again second week in a row he fucking had a chance to do actually instead of going to overtime just win the game in regulation and they sell for a field goal so yeah. i don't know it's two straight weeks yeah, I can't can't pick the Bengals for this because this is not a surprise that they're owing to. Uh, Joe Burrow usually starts seasons off slow. Uh, he's like one and seven in weeks one and two in his career, so he's not a good he's not not a quick starter. No shit. So yeah, well, he hasn't played seven. preseason in like three years. So I mean, I think that has to. I'm not trying to defend him. No, he's got, yeah, saying, his, his like, weeks one through three in the NFL are preseason. Yeah. yeah, I think that has a big question mark to do with his ability to start. Is yeah, that? I mean, and we've hey, seen Joe Burrow just. He looks off. Like his targets, like he's not as accurate as he usually is. I mean, I don't know what's up with Jamar Chase. Like he's he's just checking down like every every pass. Like he's not taking any shots. And they're just not running the ball. Like their run game looks looks fine. Their offensive line played well against the Ravens. Like Joe Burrow was only sacked one time against the Ravens. And, and like I said, shout out to Jamar Chase. Those those nine yards that he missed me on my parlay cost me several hundred dollars. <laughs> um, so shout out there. I hit like twelve of my thirteen legs on my parlay. Um, the one that I should not have missed, which was Jamar Chase for fifty, um, that's the one that cost me apparently. So uh, shout out to you, Jamar uh, Burrow. Get your shit together. And, Chris, and that's like I said. I think fucking Burrow's still injured. I mean, week one, the camera kept pointing to him. He kept grabbing at his leg. With the Ravens, he didn't look comfortable at all. He didn't move around the pocket. I think, I think his legs bothering him. Well, I think it's a, it's a more uh, it's a bigger picture thing that we're seeing across the NFL. Not not saying that you know what you're saying isn't isn't accurate because um, I definitely think that it could be. But um, I mean, across the NFL, I mean, Week One was just a very disappointing week with with a lot of guys that either aren't getting enough time in the preseason or enough snaps or something, and they're just they're coming out in preseason mode. Like, yep, this is the first time we're seeing live action. We're seeing the field. First time we've seen the sun since last season ended, you know, like getting them out there and getting them more exposure in, in the preseason, at least to get them warmed up for the regular season to come up. And right now, and, and now where we've got now three preseason games, I mean, you don't have time to miss the entire preseason. You've got to get out there, get in front of the fans. I mean, we're all, they're all pros, you know, and they obviously do this for a living, but just because you know, you come out swinging in front of 70,000 people doesn't mean that you're just geared up, ready to go the next season. You know, you got to get that live, that live exposure and, and, and get, get the body warmed up and, and the arm loose in, in the preseason. Well, I mean, it's not even that it's, it's, we can, the Bengals cannot afford to get Joe Burrow to be a Baker Mayfield 2.0. I they get that he's know. a game changer. I get he's a game changer. You want him on the field, but if he's injured, don't play him, sit him. Like, but again, it goes back into that consistency thing, though. You know, it was just like last year. I actually remember last year, um, the poor start to Cincinnati season last year. Um, Patrick Mahomes, I think, also started off kind of rough last year. So, I mean, it's it's just across the NFL. I mean, these it's it's just very flat footed the first couple of weeks, and guys got to come out playing a lot stronger and and show that they're hungry. Because, like you said, 0 2 in divisional play right off the bat is that's a problem. That's a huge fucking problem when you when you're coming down to the wire and. You've got tie games. You're coming down to divisional game. You cannot afford to lose two divisional games in the first two games of your season. You just can't. And 
Yeah. And also so, shout out Christmas. AFC North divisional games are always going to be tough games to win too. Yep. No matter what the records are. I think, yeah, I think we all have them split. Yeah. yeah. But shout out to Jamar Chase too. You know, you said he should easily get over 70 yards. Through two 50. games, he's exactly, he's got exactly 70 yards at the moment. So yeah. shout out to Jamar Chase. Hey, I think a surprising 0-2 team is the Minnesota Vikings and or, and or the Denver Broncos. Um, Just a nice two for one there. I thought Minnesota could at least beat Tampa. I understand not going to Philly, but – and then Denver, same thing. They should have probably beat the Raiders. And no disrespect to uh, the Washington Commanders and, and CJ out there, you know, long-time Commanders fan. He's going to hate this, but they should have beat the Commanders. I mean – I'm not. I'm not the surprised Broncos about the better. Broncos. Yeah. I, I am. I guess the Raiders at least. They should have beat the Raiders. Yeah, Russell Wilson. Oh, yeah, not, they should have beat the Raiders, guy. but – no, yeah, Russell Wilson Russell, is is he, done, dude. I, he, I mean, him alone is the reason why I'm not surprised they're zero two. I mean, the we we've seen enough issues with the receivers. Um, the running backs have have seemed to have been like a revolving door the last few years. Um, yeah, the, the running backs know, don't the, look the, good this year at all. Yeah, and there's no consistency. And then you got a guy like Russell Wilson that's just coming out and not handling the rock well. I mean. Well, I mean, the defense gave a lot to Sam Howell too. That's the the big issue I had yesterday with them is this defense is really good and. They got smoked in the second half. So, not a good look for the Broncos defense, neither. What do you want for Sam? Don't worry, don't, don't worry, Doc. I'm not going to let you fucking escape this 0-2, okay? <laughs> the fucking the Bears. The How the Bears. fuck are you boys 0-2? Okay? That, that's honestly, when you talk about level of competition, I mean, that's, probably, that's probably one of the most surprising as far as 0-2. Maybe, well, may, not more than the Bengals, but probably right up there with them. Real well, now, that, I, now I don't know what to think of Green Bay. I mean, not not shitting on Atlanta, but like Green Bay didn't look like they did. And I get it. I get it. They didn't have Aaron Jones. That offense looked completely different without Aaron Jones. So that was a big loss what for I mean, them. Aaron Jones didn't. He had that one big touchdown against the Bears. Besides that, his gameplay against the Bears was not that good. Actually, like, go look at the stats. He only had like 40 or 50 yards rushing. Like thirteen attempts, he didn't have that good of a game. It was the one big touchdown. Hey, good, good for him. He's a big pass catching running back, but his running ability was not that good against the Bears. No, I think our, I think our defense uh, is looking like Swiss cheese out there, and uh, I, it's evident by the fact, you know, by the game that Baker Mayfield had. Because let's be honest, Baker Mayfield ain't doing that against a whole lot of other teams. I, well, I mean, maybe he will this year, but the Baker Mayfield of past ain't doing that against a whole lot of teams. So. Um, yeah, Bears defense is definitely one of the biggest concerns. It's it's not about it's not about the defense. You're getting the defense is getting getting in the position to get off the field. It's just that they can't get off the field. I mean, Green Bay going nine of sixteen on third down, and then turning around and going to Tampa and doing seven of eleven on third downs. If you can't get off the field on third downs, then you're not yeah, winning. It's gonna games. be a long day. Yeah, it's gonna and, be a long and day. We, and we thought Arizona had a shot for the first second pick. It might be the Chicago Bears because the Panthers are 0-2 and so are the Bears. So I'm fucking you know. dude. I, I told you. I will take 0 and, or 1 and 16 because we're gonna beat the Panthers. Uh I will take 1 and 16. The Panthers 0 and 17. We will take pick number one and two, Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison Jr. Night night. And probably now, still fucking shit the bed. Yeah, <laughs> and still fucking three, suck dude. next year. Let's go, baby. <laughs> hey, but team speaking of teams that are not sucking. We have three 2-0 teams that, you know, I didn't expect the Dolphins to be 2-0, but I expect them to be good this year. The Miami Dolphins, the Dallas Cowboys, and the San Francisco 49ers boys are three 2-0 teams that we can probably all agree they're probably the best three teams in football at the moment. But through two weeks, who is the best team? You know, you have two NFC teams with the Cowboys and the Eagles, and you have that AFC team with the Dolphins. Yeah, I mean, the the, the Cowboys are definitely – Got the potential to be up there. It depends on what Dak Prescott that you get. Um, you know, CeeDee Lamb, obvious. Yes, yeah, CeeDee Lamb, great. Tony Pollard, great. The defense. I mean, the defense is is one or two in the league. I mean, Micah Parsons is just a game-changing player out there. Um, what they've done, especially up against the New York Giants, and, you know, we'll chalk some of that up to the rain and the field conditions um, and the fact that the Giants just couldn't match it, you know, with their play. But um, Eagles – Eagles, I like Eagles defensively again, just like the Cowboys. Fantastic defensively, got a lot of offensive weapons. I think uh, Jalen Hurts' arm is is a little under or a little overrated. Um, I think that coupling the running ability with the passing is phenomenal. Um, but I think my true number one team, I think I'm going to go with the uh, 
with the San Francisco 49ers. Um, Brock Purdy, I think, is is going to come together and, and be just fine this year. But with CMC, uh, Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel as receiving options, along with um, – um, well, why am I drawing a blank on his name? George Kittle. Um, and, and the Niners have been a defensive monster for, for the last several years. So um, great, three great teams to see at 2-0 already. I'm going to go Dallas, Doc. I disagree with you. We questioned how much the offense didn't do nothing against the Giants. You know, they didn't have to. I get it. They're playing Zach Wilson, but that doesn't control Dak Prescott in the offense. Because the defense for the Jets, we they're phenomenal. Look what they did against the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen. Dak Prescott went 31 or 38 for 255 yards and two touchdowns. I don't know if many of the quarterbacks can say that they're going to have seven incompletions at a high passing rate and two touchdowns with no turnovers against the New York Jets. I get it. The defense balled out. We know what they're going to do. They've given up 10 points against both New York teams the first two weeks. Get it. They're not the best team at the moment. Neither of them are. But guess what? They're NFL teams and have been giving up an average of five points per game through two games and their offense is balling after this New York Jets game. And Pollard didn't have a great game. And Dak Prescott showed he can do it without having a 100-yard rusher. So I'm going to go Dallas. I think at the moment, they are the best NFL team this year at this moment. Yeah, on the numbers, uh, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. I think Dallas right now is the the number one team just overall. Uh, Their their defense is like levels above every, every other defense, and I'm so glad. I drafted them in fantasy because they are my top scorer so far in fantasy. <laughs> so let's go Dallas defense. Um, but I, th- I think it's a close second with the 49ers. The 49ers are a very complete team, solid offense, stacked defense. So, I mean, you just, the only thing with the Cowboys is you never know what Dak Prescott you're going to get week to week. If he if he plays well, then the Cowboys are pretty much unstoppable. And Michael Parsons is a fucking animal on defense. You line, line him up anywhere on the defense, and he's going to fucking find a way to get the ball. Yeah, and that's, really. the, that's the thing that – and that's what I'm saying, right? Like like you said, uh, you know, Brock Purdy is not a Dallas uh, – is not a Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott is a is a, is a a good quarterback. Um, Brock Purdy is still trying to prove himself. I mean, he did, he did kind of prove himself last year, but at the same time, the numbers were not fantastic. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, he kind of proved last year that it didn't really matter who you put under center between Garoppolo, um, Brock Purdy, whoever. It didn't matter. Um, this was a very – like you said, a very complete team that can come out and win ballgames. Dallas, on the other hand, has proven that when Dak goes down, this is a struggling team. Um, if Dak oh, is yeah. not shouldering and putting yeah. on his back, they're, they're not going to be – ball out last year. Did you forget well, about fucking – Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush. Yeah. He, he beat the Bengals. He went 4-1 if I'm not He destroyed the Bengals. He went 4-1 and one and he lost his last game to the Eagles. And then that what came in. I, but to be honest, well, Doc, to be honest, the Niners are a class of its own. If you ask almost any team to get their quarterback hurt, that team is going to struggle. It's just going to it's just gonna happen. Like, look at the Jets right now. Like, Zach Wilson is a former number two overall pick. And he can't fucking do what Aaron Rodgers can do. Aaron Rodgers probably do better right now with his fucking messed up leg. Well, yeah, just, Zach Wilson, but, Aaron Rodgers, a big difference. But, but I'm just I, saying, I, don't know, man. I, I might got to disagree with the whole anybody's quarterback gets hurt and they're going to struggle because the Bears might actually improve Nick, at this point. I, I was a huge <laughs> Justin Fields fan, but the Bears might fucking improve at this point. Not, not, not everyone gets lucky like Nick Foles in the, the for you, Justin, where they come in. So I don't know. I still think it's the Cowboys uh, at the moment. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's Brock, definitely. Brock is just a game manager. That's all he is. He just managed the he, game, not losing games. He looks good at times. I well, yesterday yeah. he had a struggleish game, but and they still won. I mean, but yeah, he's good. Yeah, Cooper he's, Rush. He's you're right. Cooper Rush did ball out last year. He did go four and one. Fifty-eight percent completions. He averaged uh, one hundred and sixteen yards a game. Yeah, Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush balled out. Yeah, I mean games. it's 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 a fucking toss up between the Niners and Dallas right now. I mean Dallas's defense is on a whole another fucking level. But Dallas's offense definitely has a little bit of room to improve. I mean, the Niners, their their defense struggled a little bit about the Rams. I mean, shout out. I told you all to get on the Rams train. They look pretty <laughs> solid going against the Niners defense. If Stafford could just find the end zone in Los Angeles, dude, that team that team would be unstoppable. Yeah, I mean, I'd I'd have to give the edge to the Niners on offense, but the edge on the uh, defense for Dallas, and then I'm gonna have to roll with the defense. I think, like uh, the fucking saying, defense wins championships. And if your team can stop the team, the other team from getting points on the scoreboard, 
then your team is going to have more points. And Mark, what does that mean? Mm. That Boy, means nothing. you will win the game, dude. Love it, it boys. Nothing gets less John Madden the up only, here. Unless you're playing golf, you need the high score to win games. It, exactly. it also helps when Now when I'm playing golf, buddy, the high score wins. Too. All right. What were you saying there, Luke? It, it also helps when your defense is scoring points, too. Well, so, I mean, the first game, yes. Yeah. So this last game, they didn't score they, the points for They, they, they should have had one. They, they yeah. taken, they, they robbed of one. Hey, we yeah, saw that, y'all. I know y'all. I know y'all remember. I know y'all remember the uh, iconic Bears uh, Cardinals game from 0506. Uh, who the hell was? Were. Yeah, Romeo Cornell. Is that who it was? Yep. Yep. They are. Who yeah, we the Bears defense we literally won that game. I mean, it, it also helps your it helps your offense if you're getting turnovers and positive yards. Like if you're giving your ball to the offense in like 40 or 30 yards in scoring territory, pretty much. I mean, you're helping your offense. Which Dak, I think Dak needs tremendous. But Dak did have a great game. 31 of 38 for 255 and two TDs against the New York Jets defense, which we all know it's a very good defense. Yeah. So yeah, it's, he, not, it's not a all, bad idea. He just didn't target Sauce. That is game plan. Don't, don't throw Sauce's way. And, well, maybe Sauce should well. guard CD Lamb a lot more because CD Lamb had 11 well. catches for 100 and something yards. So, I mean, like, that's, I the thing that's, that's the thing Sauce we talked about, though, is, is the Sauce consistency. Is Sorry, Doc. But that no, no, it's good. Um, but that's thing we've talked about those consistency from Dak. Which Dak are we going to get every week? If he comes out playing like that, I mean, two hundred fifty-five yards on thirty-one of thirty-eight is not you know crazy impressive. Um, at the end of the day, you got the win. The yards isn't the most important thing. Um, completions and completions of your own team is the most important thing. So I'm sure this is a refreshing feeling from the Tony Romo days of uh, uh, for the for for Cowboys fans. But um, you know. That that's just going to be the number one thing is, is what what kind of Dak Prescott are you getting? Are you getting this guy that came out and and threw it through the Jets? You know, a very good Jets defense, or you know, are you going to get Dak like we've seen before that can't find his way over two hundred yards? You know, can't throw his way out of a, out of a wet paper bag. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll see. It's definitely something that uh, it's definitely keep an eye on the Dallas Cowboys. You know, they're hot right now, and and you know, is the it next their year? couple games. I mean, I, I was pumped the brakes on that. They do play the Cardinals, the Patriots. Playoff. They do play the Niners week five Sunday night football in San Francisco, well, Santa Clara, but at the Niners house. So that will be a good game to watch. And we'll see it. That's going to be a good test. That's the best team right there. We said the best two teams. So we'll see that week yeah. five. Yeah. And shout out, shout out real quick to uh, Cowboy fans across the nation, because we are heading into week three and I've not yet seen a tattoo claiming um, the upcoming Super Bowl champion. I'm getting, I'm getting on a fan the Falcons. Yet. I'm getting one for the Falcons. Fuck yeah. I, as a friend and a, a, you know, I have to, I have to uh, advise against that, Mark. I've got to. No, I'm not doing that. We'll talk but, offline and, you know, maybe, maybe we need to find you Jesus or something, but we'll, we'll find you something. You mentioned Super Bowl, Doc, and the, ne- the last Super Bowl champions that just happened, the Kansas City Chiefs. Should the league be nervous? You know, their offense is struggling. Their defense is kicking ass. They're one and one. If this offense shocking, starts rolling, their defense ain't good. The defense played good the last, the second half of the season last year, and the year uh, they won the Super Bowl as well, the first time with Mahomes. But this defense is clicking. They limited the Jaguars from nine points. They played good against the, really they only gave up fourteen points against the Lions. They they lost because of that pick six essentially. But should the NFL be worried when the Chiefs Absolutely. run this offense? Travis, yeah. Absolutely, because no. they, they got exposed in week one seeing uh, what this offense capable of without Travis Kelsey. And then Travis Kelsey came back and we saw what this offense was capable of with Travis Kelsey. I mean, it, the Chiefs are struggling without a wide receiving core. They don't have a true number one. They're passing the ball to any and everybody. I think that they pulled a guy out of the nosebleeds um, and threw him a pass for a reception at one point on Sunday. Um, so there's no like leader to step up on this receiving core. And shout out to Mahomes for being able to, to, to you know, make these passes and get the ball downfield. But watching, especially in last week's game, uh, or I'm sorry, in, in, the, in the game against the Lions in the opener, I don't know how many dropped passes, how many balls right through the fingers, easy catches, un un uh, contacted that the receiver should have come down with and they were unable to. So you know, there's definitely a lot of concern. I did see it; they just restructured Mahomes' contract this morning. Um, I think they gave him more money up front, uh, is what it looked like, because he's yeah. now going to be the highest paid over the you know in, in a four year span in NFL history, which I don't understand that move because you are a team that is in desperate need of receivers. Um, 
I don't know how you're going to put money out now. I don't know if this was an attempt to like, hey, let's get this, you know, this, this the bulk of this money out of the way in, in the first couple of years because we feel like we got a team that can win now. And then, you know, at the end of that four years, Kelsey will be gone. Uh, Chris Jones, obviously gone. Um, we'll have a lot more free cap space and then we'll be a little bit lower on the Mahomes deal so we can start spreading that wealth into other positions and build this team back up. But um they, they got to figure something out They got because there is a lot of concern right now offensively uh, because as it stands, you have Mahomes and that is it. Uh, Mahomes and Kelsey and that is it. And even Kelsey was kind of quiet uh, in this week's well, matchup. So returning from an injury. So let's. No, yeah, that's why that's why I didn't I didn't talk about it too much. But, you know, I didn't mention him too much. But at the end of the day, they're they're If you're not worried as a Chiefs fan um, on a very, very, very close um win against the Jaguars um Jaguars got a good team another another team that that's pretty solid top to bottom I think um but to come out 17 points against them with Patrick Mahomes is like wow we we might have some area for concern here I mean the Chiefs the Chiefs are hurting so fucking bad for wide receiver Patrick's out there passing to offensive linemen okay (laughs) I, I mean, don't even know. Wait, was that the one that he didn't even? He was like, "I'm not at. I'm not eligible." He, yeah, he just fucking threw it. <laughs> the guy caught it and just stood there. He's like, "I, don't know I what mean, you're doing. shout out for the offensive lineman for knowing <laughs> no, that he can't do shit play, on the play, baby. anyways." That's heads up, on Patrick. Like, fuck it, you got my color jersey. You're open. Take it. He yeah, should have just dropped the ball because he probably would have got a penalty. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think I truthfully it might be an overreaction, but I think Kansas City is going to struggle on offensive this whole fucking season. I mean, I'd have to pull up the box score again, but I think they passed to like seven or eight different wide receivers. I think they had 11 think, in week one. I got it right here. They can, actually yeah, they can't find their number one target. I mean, I know Sky Moore went off a little bit, this, but if you look at the two game, plays. it was all blown coverages. Dude, and Sky Moore two play. Yeah, it was it was Jacksonville not being able to keep coverage. It was blown coverages. So I mean, they had eleven different guys with, and that's including the linemen with the target. So ten with Sky Moore. Sky Moore had a touchdown in a late game, a garbage time fifty four yard. Well, I don't want to say garbage time because the game was still yeah, close, but a fifty four yarder and missed coverage that was like they were sending the house and and Mahomes found somebody open. I mean, but I think like two two yeah. two of them were running backs though, right? Because I think Kept Pacheco old, and yeah, Clyde McKinnon, had a couple actually, targets. You had, you, had, you had three of them. You had Clyde Wichelaire, McKinnon, and Pacheco. But Kelsey still got the bulk of the targets. He had nine. The guy next to him, had, there was two guys with five, and that was um, Justin Watson. And actually, that was the only guy with five. So, Twelve with exactly. targets. That's insane. Oh, That's, yeah, so, so you had you still had nine targets to Kelsey. So, I mean, I think this is as good of an offense we're going to get. I mean, teams fucking are going to pick up and know that, hey, no one else out here can fucking catch. But the league should be on notice, though. If this offense gets going, look if, out. If it gets going. Yes. If it gets going, if look out. If it gets going. 12 in both games. Yeah. 12 in both it's... games with targets. And I, and, I, and I, it goes back to what I said. They got fucking exposed. Since Tyreek Hill left, um, you know, they, they had some, some good uh, chemistry last season. But coming up this year, I mean, Valdez Scantling should be an easy top option for this team. He's not Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony. Nobody has been able to step up and, and come back. It's like the the Ravens. They're, they're essentially what the Ravens are right now, or what the Ravens used to be, rather, with uh, Mark Andrews, tight end, is your number one wide receiver. They had nobody else. They had no other weapons. And now the Ravens are finally putting money and, and resources into their receiving core, which is I'm thrilled to see. Um, but I think the Chiefs are, you know, and I called this a long time ago and when Mahomes signed that deal initially, like you have way too much money going to to three positions on your team to to be able to build. Yeah, it sucks having the most talented quarterback in the NFL and him have nobody really to throw to besides Travis Kelsey. Like they, he needs at least one top tier wide receiver, not even top tier, but one like decent wide receiver that he can actually throw to. That's oh, they'd dependable. be killing Catch for a Chase Claypool right now. Hey, okay. I'm telling you right now, I understand Tampa's 2-0, but Mike Evans is probably not back. You go for him. Like, if you want to win this year, fuck it. Go for him for this You year. go Mike, for anybody. Not even Mike Evans. Like, think about T. Higgins. I mean, T. Higgins have already came out and said that they can't get a deal done. They probably aren't going to get a deal done. 
Yeah, but I don't so, see I mean, the Bengals trading to a rival right now, especially the Chiefs. Where, yeah, well, not right now. In, I'm talking about I'm talking about yeah. next year. I don't think they're well, making a big move. Well, this is last year. Offensively, it's tagged, so they got to do something with T. Higgins. But yeah, but even thing, or even Tyler Boyd. Yeah, even Tyler sure. Boyd would be a step up for him. Honestly, the the Chiefs' their number one receiver is is what Sky Moore, second year player. Well, I mean, Babo Scaling is probably. I, I don't think we know who the number one truly is outside Kelsey. I, I no. don't think we can we can. I think listed on paper. I think listed on paper, it's it's Sky Moore. But I mean. Valdez Scantling is a five-year pro. He's listed as a number three. Kadarius Tony, uh, in his third year. I mean, when you're talking about receivers, right? So we'll go off of fantasy points, right? Because that's what everybody goes off of to gauge talent uh, at a position. But uh, Kadarius Tony last year, fifty-seven points. Valdez Scantling, you know, I mean, one hundred and twenty-two. I mean, it it is. It's it's a it's it a is. joke. They should have. They should have done a better job at keeping Juju, to be honest. Like I'm not your, saying Juju's number have. one. Your number one, your number one receiver listed on the depth chart played a full season last year, 16 games, 43 fantasy points. I don't I have to look and see what the uh hundred and I'm sorry, 33 targets, 22 receptions, 250 yards, no touchdowns is your is your number one receiver listed on the depth chart. When you come into the season. And you're okay with that and, like, haven't made a move. Chris Jones obviously was unhappy, and I get why they wanted to keep him and everything. But maybe that was the opportunity to use him as a trade piece to bring in a receiver. How about when Amari – or, uh, yeah, was it Amari Cooper went to the went, went to the Browns for a seventh-round pick from Dallas? Yeah, they just gave I him mean, essentially for free. That's what I'm saying. Plenty of opportunity to get a guy over here, to get a receiver over here. The offseason, a lot of guys changing teams, making moves. But but you guys settled with Sky Moore, a second-year player who had 250 total yards receiving last year, and you're like, "Yep, this is this is the future of our receiving core. We're going to keep Sky as the uh, as the number one. Uh, we'll put Valdez Scantling, uh, who last year yeah he had a solid 687 yards, uh, 42 receptions on 81 targets, 50% of targets caught uh, with two touchdowns. Yeah, he's a, he's a good number three in Kadarius Tony. I'm going to be honest, if it wasn't on the Chiefs, nobody would even know what his name was. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's something to keep eye on. We've got to see what the Chiefs can do. I mean, they need to do something with this offense. The defense is definitely carrying them right now. Boys, we all shit on the NFC this year. Not just us. So the AFC's loaded. The NFC's a joke. All they got is the Eagles and Niners. But right now, the NFC's got seven 2-0 teams compared to the AFC, which only has two 2-0 teams. And some of these 2-0 teams in the NFC have beaten the AFC teams. It's not just all NFC games they played. So is, this, is it time to say maybe the NFC is actually a little up there with the AFC? It's not so far, you know, a big gap in between these two conferences now. Uh, definitely uh, definitely something we're talking about. I don't know. Again, I mean, going back to the NFC South, a uh, couple games against the NFC North, I mean, I think that – it really, it really depends on who the opponent is. I think that the strength in the league still stands with uh, the AFC because when I'm talking about true powerhouses, you know, um, Chiefs obviously are coming down, but Chargers are, are a good team. Surprising 0-2 for me there. Jaguars are a good team. Ravens, Browns, Bengals, all good teams. Um, and, and if I'm not naming a team, it doesn't mean I don't think they're good. I'm, I'm talking like powerhouses, guys that I think could actually win a Super Bowl this year. Because while I think the Steelers have a lot of potential and are moving in the right direction, I don't think they're Super Bowl ready yet. Um, but the Dolphins, Jets before Aaron Rodgers got hurt. Um, and then I look over on the NFC side and I'm like, all right, Cowboys, Eagles, uh, nobody in the NFC North. Uh, nobody in the NFC South, I think, is ready to win a, in, win a championship. And then And then you got the 49ers. And that's... And the Rams. Uh, I just agree with you, Doc. So you got the I mean, 49ers. I just agree with you, Doc. I think that maybe what we thought the AFC this year was like the AFC West last year. We thought the AFC West was going to be so fucking talented last year going in there. The Broncos hit the bed. And the Chargers are the Chargers. They always do Chargers things. Yes, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, but they're an outlier there. And maybe we were, maybe most of us were wrong. I mean, I get it. This league has not – this year has not been offensive juggernauts this year. It's been pretty sloppy football. Facts. More defense aside, winning the, the game. So maybe the NFC is better than we thought. Maybe the NFC's taking a step back. I mean, we're not we can't judge what they just did 2022 and 2021. It's 2023 now, and through two weeks, these NFC teams are 2-0 and they are winning. 
And the AFC has more 0-2 teams in the NFC. But do we have a breakdown of what the uh, NFC versus AFC record is so far this year after two weeks? I mean, I'm looking at it right here, and a lot of the confer- a lot of the conferences are more 0 and 2 against each other. So, like, they played a lot more in the AFC against each other. But like right here, the Cowboys are 1 and 0 against the AFC. They are the Eagles are 1 and 0 against the AFC. The Commanders are 1 and 0 against the AFC. The Packers are. I'm sorry, no, no, no. The Detroit Lions are 1 and 1 against the or 1 and 0 against the AFC. The Bears, Packers have already played, or Bears and Vikings have played when they're outside the conference. The Saints are one and zero against the AFC. The Niners are one and zero against the AFC, and the Rams are one and zero against the AFC. No, I'm sorry, they're not, they didn't play them. So no one in the NFC has lost to the AFC yet. So every NFC team's play AFC is one. Yeah, I mean, Just, it's... yeah, yeah. The NFC is six and zero against the AFC. So. Actually, I didn't realize this, the the website that I'm using for uh, for the uh, standings actually shows non-conference records. Otherwise, I wouldn't have asked that question. I would have just looked at it. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. It's just – But, I yeah, no. I mean, fun. you make a good point. They are 6-0 against the AFC. That's a big deal. And it doesn't really matter who you play. Being 6-0 against, you know, one conference being over the other. I mean, it's definitely something that, you know, we'll obviously address at the halfway mark of the season and see – you know, when teams start warming up and, and coming together and, and things start, you know, turning into the, the normal shape of, of what they are, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I agree with Doc. I think we just pumped the brakes just a tad bit that the NFC is better than the AFC. We'll 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 see midway and towards the end of the season. But I mean NFC stepping out, coming out hot right now. So I I'm just saying the gap isn't as wide as we thought. I'm not saying they've taken that that throne yet. Just saying the gap I mean, isn't as hard as, hard as we hard to have a big gap in two weeks. Also. Yeah, six games. We've had six yeah. we do. six we, games against the conference or between the conferences. That's what we do. We react and overreact to to the weeks we see, you know. It's, so that'll be the overreaction of the week is Mark's topic. Uh on, that's not mine. That, that was not that one was not mine. I have a good one. I'm, I have a really I'm good one. I'm calling that the over so. all right, I'm, I'm calling that Ooh. my overreaction. We'll roll right into that. And I'm calling that my overreaction is uh is the NFC equal to the AFC. I think it's just way too early to talk about it. Not equal, but better. Uh, Either one. Either one. It doesn't really matter which one you pick. (laughs) No, I have Micah Parsons. He is the MVP of the NFL. There has not been a quarterback that has taken over this league this year yet. And if this is what it's going to be for for 17 weeks or 18 weeks for the season, but everyone plays 17 games, Micah Parsons better be the MVP. He's got three sacks, 10 QB hits. He's got a forced fumble and a fumble recovery. He is literally – the best player in football at the moment. Like I said, you can't name a quarterback through two weeks that has topped Michael Parsons, what he's done on the defensive side of the ball. Joe Burrow, right. Patrick Mahomes, none of them. You're right. So right now, let's... my league MVP through two weeks. Like I said, it's overreaction Monday for week two. Michael Parsons is the MVP. And if this is the trend that it's going with this league for this year, he better win MVP. Yeah, I mean, he's got to keep that going through the 18 games. But, um, you know, the biggest thing, you know, aside from just the numbers, I mean, it's got to be the, the – and obviously, you know, if he keeps those numbers up, it'll have an impact with the defense. But uh, if the defense solely comes out and wins games like they did against the Giants every week, then, yeah, he's absolutely going to be in those discussions and, and up there for it. But, um, you know, we've seen – similar to what Khalil Mack did for the Bears and their, and their playoff run in uh, 2020, 2019 – whatever it was when we traded for him, um, you know, he came out and immediately made us a competitor with with the presence that he had and, and his attacks on the quarterback. So, you know, it's going to depend on how the rest of the defense plays with him and, and kind of if they hold up and, and are a complete unit like they have been so far. Um, but, you know, if, if the defense comes out, falls apart, and, you know, he's getting his numbers, it all comes – you know, MVP – and in each league kind of views like has a different definition of MVP. Some are strongest players. Some are what they do for their team and how far they carry them and things like that, which is typically why it goes to an offensive player. Um, but I think, you know, you talk about the QB struggles. I think it's going to be, it's going to be hard for him to hold that up versus a quarterback or, or a wide receiver like Justin Jefferson to, to keep the number numbers strong consistently all year long. Well, it's not even that. It's, I need to see. I need to see Parson against an O line that's actually decent. I mean, we've seen New York. We saw how fucking terrible they were, and everyone knows that the Jets' weakest link is their offensive line right now. So, I mean, 
Well, we no, got, we got second it. weakest link now. Weakest link now is the quarterback. Yeah, Chris, might as well dive in that your reaction because that's where it was leading to, huh? Yeah, I mean, I mean, the overreaction there for me is they got to get rid of Zach Wilson. I mean, I know A Rod's talking about coming back for playoffs. If you keep, if you're keeping Zach Wilson as your quarterback, Jets aren't going to be in fucking the playoffs. Playoffs. Yeah. You're talking about playoffs. We, we ain't talking about fucking playoffs if Zach Wilson's your quarterback. Yeah. And I said it. I, here's my spoiler I mentioned earlier. If the Bucks don't truly believe that Baker's going to be there long term, trade for Baker right now for the one year. I mean, for the one year rental. Yeah, I mean, I get, I get it. You're going against Dallas. Like it wasn't a very good spot for Zach Wilson to begin with, but you had one, you had one great throw to Garrett Wilson. One great throw. Other than that, you're 12 of 27 for 170 yards and three interceptions. Okay. He's, he's, (laughs) he's not getting it done. Yeah. He's not getting it done. He didn't get it done for the years that you already gave him. He's a solid backup. That's not going to win you games. I agree. Yeah. Cesar speaks playoffs. I think uh, my, my overreaction is the Bengals miss the playoffs. Uh, They're, they're already down like two divisional games. It's, it's tough. And their schedule is not that easy coming up. Like they still have to play the Bills, the Chiefs in December, the Jags, Ravens the again. Niners. Yeah, and the 49ers, Seahawks at the Seahawks. So it it's gonna be tough for them if I can if they don't get it together, they're they're missed the playoffs. Might be a rude awakening for them. And hey, this is their yeah. win year now too. I mean, they're about to lose some key players. Tyler Boyd's yeah. probably gone. Uh, or T. Higgins. One of those Joe, are gone. Joe One Mixon. of those are gone. Yeah. And if Joe Burrow's hurt, then like He's just going to make it worse each week trying to play. Like he's going to go against some pretty good defenses too. That are if they know he's hurt, they're going to come after him. So they don't. The Bengals offense doesn't figure it out. They miss playoffs. Yeah, that's probably safe. That's what we were saying earlier, Chris. Like offense better get going soon because if not, they're in a rude awakening right now. I mean, they're the only team they've seen North without a win. So they are back to, doing, back to being the Bengals. What they're what they've always been. Pull the, the bags place. out. The Bungles. Pretty shitty team. The Bungles, yep. Had a co- couple good years, and now they're back to being the same old Bengals. Yeah. I mean, shout out to uh, AJ Green, though, signing that one-day contract to retire a Bengal. Good for him. Yeah, yeah. shout out to him. I thought yeah, he retired he can, long time too, ago. Too bad he couldn't get the jungle hyped up, though. They're they're, they're booing their team. They were, they were hyped up back. before the game, but during the game, they weren't hyped up. Joe Burrow's getting booed in the first quarter. I, it, wasn't, it wasn't. It wasn't him getting booed. It was the fucking play calling was atrocious. Oh yeah, he's, he's part, fucking he's part of it though. He's part of it. Yeah, the team was getting booed. He's he's part of it. Yeah, don't get me wrong. He's, he's part, part of it. But I mean, I mean, I when it's fucking down, when it's third and eight, and you fucking your first read is a check down. That's yeah. What that's are you the fucking bears? Yeah. What are you the bears? Come on. Yeah. yeah. So, so my so reaction. Your fans boo you. So. My overreaction for the for the for the week is uh, Kansas City Chiefs now make the playoffs. Um, I'm going to call that an overreaction because I think that they are in serious trouble. I think there's a lot of exposure going on with them, but then again, you know, it's an overreaction because you look at the rest of this division and the Raiders, Broncos are shit. Chargers are the only team that can be able to step up, and the Chargers struggled heavily uh, against the Titans. So. Um, I think that I think it's going to be a race between the Chiefs and the Chargers. It's going to come down to some of those head-to-heads and, and that divisional play and and who can really step up and stop them. But I think that there are a lot of question marks on this team right now that they need to be worried about. Yeah, gotta love the overreactions though. I mean, because we might not be right, but we hate we might be right too. So, but boys, great week too. Sucks that it had to end so late, uh, but we finished it. NFL get together, take away these two Monday night games because it's bullshit. I'd rather watch a London game than this shit. That was but. fucking terrible, man. Like, why would you have two Monday night games? You come home from work, you just want to watch a goddamn football game, and and hey. the back. Not to mention the game that you want to watch, and they're going to the double screen, and it's not really an equal double screen. It's like one is big, and then the other one is down. Like, what are we doing? At least you were off. Time. At least you were off work for a few hours because I literally got home five minutes after the game started, essentially. So don't I was off fucking all day. talk shit, Mark. You were golfing today. Oh, <laughs> the second half of the day, I was getting stuff ready for the tournament tomorrow that What'd we're having in. Oh, it was so a simulator. Our, our, yeah, our, commander, so. our, our yeah. commander put a simulator in there and 
we were getting the, the stuff ready for like the Morgan okay. packages and all that. So we were switching hard, uh, was... hard day work. I'm so sorry. It's such a hard day. Man said fucking accused doc of getting home from work. Mark's over here fucking golfing. No, I mean, I, I was, I was still at work. I was just like, hey, I was hey, like 45 minutes. At least you got home so. from work on, t- uh, early enough. All right. Cause I got back from golf five minutes after the game started. Okay. I missed <laughs> kickoff because of golf, but you but opened boys, yourself up for that one. Great yeah. week to, you know, some of us have had a good week, college, which we'll talk about tomorrow, but, uh, or sorry, Wednesday, and then the NFL, you know, some of us are 2-0, and some of us are 1-1. 1-33, baby. 1-33, that's what we There's a guy here that's 0-2, but I'm Mark Davis, that's Chris Kameinhart, that's Luke Rule and Nick the Docs Kirkwins, whose Bears are still 0-2. This is All About the Balls podcast. Why you got to that shit out? Thank you for checking out another episode of All About the Balls podcast. We want to thank all of our listeners and supporters of the Sack House. You can listen to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. And don't forget to subscribe and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at the Sack House.